Be'ezes Hashem Yizbarech. We will continue what we are learning. The holy letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12. But the Shir is in the Shus Rafur Shalema for Hinda Bastabirachal. For we are learning letter number 12 for quite some time. We have went through a large amount of the concepts of this most fascinating, life-transforming letter to get a glimpse into not just what the Balatanya is saying in the letter, but more importantly, what everything meant to him. What did he have to say about all the things that he was saying in this letter? So there's the contents of the letter, the revolutions, the story of the letter, but then there's the story behind the story, which is every sentence that you read in this letter, you think it means one thing, but when you span, when you traverse the thousands of pages of Hasidic philosophy, you see that in fact it has an entirely different meaning. And that's why we're spending so much time to understand the essence of compassion. Not just superficial compassion, but the essence of compassion. And to see the enormity of the difference between giving charity as an act and then giving charity the way it is a most vivid, obsessive, transformational activity in the sense that there is a unity between both giver and receivers, intelligence, emotions, with the boundaries that divide the people. When they understand each other, when there's a mutual empathy, when shame is eliminated, shame is absorbed, that there's a tremendous, miraculous revelation at that moment. And to understand this in its enormity, And this is one of the reasons we've been spending an enormous amount of time to explain that we can look at the way the Jewish nation was born as a story. Or we can see the building, the building blocks of compassion. We can see that Adam and Eve, soul and body, God and the Jewish people, essentially God and the first man was not going to work. And then to see the rectification process, the refinement process, the elevation, to see the enormity of the Jewish history of the 6,000 years of, cre of creation, our creation, where the six days of creation and now we as the Jewish people are given 6,000 years to create our own future, our own world, our own identity where we become the creators of the world, where we bring in the spirituality, where we fuse our bodies and our souls, where we fix the sin of the body for the sake of the body, where we 
become partners with the creator of the world to the point that there is no contradiction. Multiple partners, multiple creators, all reflecting the creator in a sense where the unity of the divine and the Jewish people are so intertwined that when you look at the Jewish people, you see God. And when you look at God, you see the Jewish people. This is the tremendous responsibility of tzedakah. And as he says in chapter 35 in Tanya, that in the whole Yerushalmi, it doesn't say the word tzedakah. Whenever it says mitzvah, it means tzedakah. Because all of Torah and mitzvahs is essentially a form of tzedakah, a form of charity. Where we're bringing spirituality into the brute reality of this world. Where we're fusing this lifeless world, the world that's essentially one big body with the vitality and the life force of God. Where we're marrying the world with the creator. Where we're recreating the organs of the world. Where we're recreating the future messianic era. Where we're bringing in a new consciousness. A new light, a new or chodash, a new Revelation of the infinite. Where that is entirely up to us because the way we resist temptation is the way we will see our reflection. When we see our own stories in the mirror, the way we live our life is the bed that we make. We will sleep in the bed that we make. When we look back at the six days of the week and at the seventh day we reflect on how selfless we've been on how kind we've been and how we have transcended our personalities, our beastly natures and it is we that live with our own consequences we live with our own life if we make a mess of our life then we have the opportunity to change it. As long as we are still alive, as long as the messianic era hasn't been ushered in entirely. And the heroic behavior, the tremendous sense of getting in touch with who I really am at the core, that is entirely up to me. Nobody can do it for me. That's the famous story that Yitzchak ben Svi was the Israeli ambassador when he came into the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Lubavitcher Rebbe throughout the Yechidus told him many different beautiful things. And at some point he told him that my purpose in life is the light of the candle of God is the Jewish soul. My job in life is to light up everyone's candle. And at the end of the Echidus, before he left, he asked the Rebbe, so did the Rebbe light my candle? And the Rebbe said, no, but I gave you the match. And this is a most enormous, magnificent, magical idea. Because no one can light our candle. We must do it ourselves. Same exact thing what we are learning today. We are learning about the candle of compassion, about the essence of compassion. But it's up to each and every one of us, if we will do it, 
how we will do it, when we will do it, how obsessive it will be, how life transformational we will make it for a poor man. Or will we just live our life on the surface, rudimentary, vicariously, superficially, where nothing matters, where always one better day is coming, and then I'm going to make a change from poor man, when of course that day doesn't come. Well, one day I'm going to go on a diet. One day I'm going to change. Tomorrow is always a better time. Or to realize that it is only now that we make our stand. And how sensitive I have to be to people all around me. Because that means going deep within them and myself. Which to tap into the chilek and the kamen al-mamash. The part of me that's godly, that's divine, that's beyond this world. And in that sense, a person is proud of themselves. Not to come Shabbos and to ask myself, how was my week? In terms of dollars and cents, how much did I accumulate in my bank account? But to have a real Shabbos, which is to recognize that real happiness, real joy, real bliss comes from transcending my temptations, from refining my character, from giving selflessly and making a change in a poor man, for thinking about the meaning of life, the purpose of life, and interacting kindly with my children, sensitively with my spouse, taking responsibility, getting in touch with my true creative power, And this is the depth of what he's saying over here. Because this is in direct extension for what he says in chapter 37. That the future in the messianic era, we will live with our activity. And with our activity that's filled with all of our energy. And to understand this in its enormity is what we are trying to accomplish over here. And that's why we've explained. We went into it very deeply that Avram was chesed and Yitzchak is gvura. And Yaakov is a mixture of both of them. And we've explained how they've been evolved. Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka. Because Avram was pure chesed. And Yitz and Sarah was pure Gvura. But through God, they made unity and they created a new entity, which was Yitzchak. And Yitzchak's now a man, which represents the idea of Chesed. The idea of the soul, but it's the Jewish soul, which means the body of God, which means the wife of God. Which means where God is going to dwell. Which means made in the image of God. Father, the way she's this mirror image, a Siamese twin of Adam. And now Yitzchak will marry Rivka. And Rivka represents the body, the gvura, the holding. But through Eliezer, through Avram Avinu, through the energy, through the recognition of Haran, that Haran did give his body for God. 
He gave up his life. He jumped in the fire. And in the end, he burnt up for God. He gave up. He became ashes for God. So even though Rivka is of the Gevura side, she's a woman, she's a feminine, she's a holding ability, not the giving ability, but the receiving ability, the body ability, not the soul, not the idea, but the making it real. But she's all about kindness. She's all about giving, surrendering, taking the details, taking the money, taking the physicality, taking the brute reality, and not worshiping the body for the sake of the body. Not to make a separate entity, but the body is separate only so I could give it. That's why Yitzchak and Rivka, Yitzchak is a man who's made real because he comes from reality, from Sarah, from Avram. So he's a man which is a superficial idea, which is hovering, which is makif, which is superficial soul. But he's actually a physical brute person. He's a real, he's a man. He represents still the soul, but he represents the Jewish people. And now he will marry Rivka, which will make him even more real. But it's not the ultimate. Yitzchak and Rivka is the first marriage in the Jewish tradition. The first Jewish marriage. But that Jewish marriage will yield the primordial, the perfect man who will be made in the image of Adam. And that's Yaakov, that's me, the Sarachmonis, to mix Keser and Gvura. Not just a chesed and gvura, a chesed that's narrowed down to gvura and a gvura that's lifting herself up to chesed. Where they're interacting, they're making peace, there's a void, there's an inter-inclusion. And that's why we explain that Yaakov marries two women. Because in chesed and gvura, one represents the soul, one represents the body, one represents the giver, one represents the receiver. One re- represents spirituality, one represents physicality. And they have to make peace with each other, with, with each other. Refine and transform each other. And that's why Yaakov was Midas Arachmonis. He takes the Gvura element, which is the judgmental, which is the feeling ability, the reverence, the emptiness, the feeling ability. And he gives with feeling. He gives with judgmentalism. He looks at the details. He acknowledges the fact that he doesn't, he's not madly in love with Leah, but he gives her nonetheless. And he develops an unconditional love from deep within his feelings. He doesn't shut down his feelings. He goes from his left side and he feels her pain, her suffering. He feels that she was destined for Esau. He feels the struggle and he becomes one with the struggle. And he sees that he struggled with Esau also. And his main wife becomes Leah because he looks internal because compassion means responsibility never to separate yourself from another person. And that is the most awesome magical idea of compassion which is responsibility. How do you marry Chesed and Gvura? How do you marry fire and water? Fire says you don't get, you should not get. Water says Unlimited, water superficial, fire stays in its place and it breaks down to the core. My body is my fire. My body is a container. It's limited how much you could give me, how much I could receive. My body is limited. But my soul is unlimited. The love that I have in me, I can give you unlimited love, whether you want it or not. But how much love could I receive? When I talk about receiving love, I say, I need to feel your love. 
You gave me love? I didn't. What does it mean to me? Because when I'm a receiver, when I'm a container, when I have strength, when I'm a gvura, gvura means to receive, to hold, the strength to narrow down. If I have to narrow down, by definition has to be limit. So gvura means to receive. To receive means to limit. To pour, I could pour unconditional, unlimited. If I have a massive container full of orange juice, I could pour and pour as long as there's something in there. But to receive, to pour means to give. You can give unlimited. But to receive is based on how much I need. And my need is limited. And these are the two sides of the heart. The giving and the receiving. They represent two different worlds. The spiritual element, the soul, which is unlimited, and the body, which is limited. Brute reality. And the giver says, everyone should get, and the receiver says, I have to get very little. And to understand the enormity of this idea that Yaakov Avinu was a mixture of them both. Avram was the sense, essence of giving. Yitzchak was the essence of receiving, the essence of being in awe and reverence, surrendered. Yitzchak was sacrificed. Yitzchak served God with his body. Avram served God with his soul. Yitzchak served God with his feminine element, with his feeling. Yitzchak always felt empty, always felt it was never enough. It was fire. He wanted to escape from this world. He would never even traverse the world. He would only stay in Eretz Yisrael. Nothing was ever good enough. Because he didn't just want details. He wanted crystallized details. Because fire breaks things down to the core. Because Yitzchak was about quality. And Avram was about quantity. And how do you marry quantity and quality? How do you marry fire and water? And that was Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu was always internal. There was a tremendous judgmental energy. But the judgmental energy was internal. It was born from an internal shame. An internal responsibility. Where he took responsibility for his brother and he took responsibility for Leah and he took responsibility for Rachel. He took responsibility for everybody and everything. Because true compassion means I am no better than you. True compassion means that from as high as I am, as great as I am, my responsibility is to lower myself down to you and to give you with tremendous intimacy, tremendous details. Gvura means details. Gvura means to, to receive. I want to receive exactly from you what you need. I'm going to judge you to the core, but judge you to give you. I'm going to use gvura. Gvura means din, means to see how much you need and to see how much, how empty you are, to see how deserving you are. And then to realize you don't deserve it all. Because judgment energy is mida connected mida. That's it. Energy is not about you. It's about me wanting to give. So I don't care how much you want or how much you deserve or how much you need. I'll just give you. And there's no relationship between me and you. And Gvura says, heal me. Gvura is about feeling. It's about the details, about how much energy do I need? How much life force do I need? How empty am I to judge me? And Yaakov marries these both energies, which is compassion, that I will judge you. And then I will be overwhelmed and distraught by how could it be that you don't have and I have. And then I will rush passionately 
Passionately means to suffer with you and I will give. Overwhelmingly, with a fire I will give. I won't give coldly where it's about me. I will give because it's about you. When I will give it exactly what you need and I will eliminate the shame, the boundaries and I will eliminate the judgment and I will eliminate the idea that I'm better than you. So when I see paucity in my life and I want to be like Yaakov, I want to understand the essence of Judaism. When I see poor people who don't have knowledge, poor people who don't keep the religion properly or my children who have a tantrum or a poor man I'll never be judgmental and think I'm better than him because of my money. Which money means contents. The contents of my consciousness. Because of the contents, I was gifted with money. Whether it be spiritual money, that I'm faithful to God, or what it means spiritual money in the sense that I have intelligence, or what it means physical money that somehow I got lucky and I have some niche or some Yerusha or something that I'm for some, for some reason I feel better than you. Which is the beginning of the Chet Itzadas. To think that what I have, somehow I deserve it. And it's mine and I'm better than you and I worked for it. Which is the illusion of me. And then to judge you, to look at you and to see, wow, you don't know as much as I do so I can look down on you. You don't have as much as money as I do so I can look down on you. You don't have the powers of Business that I do so I can look down on you. But then to take that energy of looking down on and to judge you with it deeply, to judge you that we are different. Yes, we are different. I have and you don't have. But then to have a tremendous internal shame. Why do I have and you don't have? To judge myself, not to judge you for the sake of judging you, but to judge myself and then to give you from that space. And that is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the essence of a love that's born from shame, of a love that's born from passion, from suffering, suffering with the other person. And this is a tremendous idea. Because now you can begin to understand that Yaakov Avinu, he has this judgment energy where he's struggled for 22 years. He struggled learning and he was similar to his father in that sense. And that allowed him to develop his, his feeling energy, his gvura energy. What does he need? Running after his brother. Dealing with his body and his brother's body. Which his brother lived for the sake of his body. Esav. Which was all over again. The Chayte Tadas. Worshipping the body. And to struggle with that. All the time. Then finally to tap into an energy. That's born from within that. To transcend, to, to, to rise above. We never give a person to rise up to a state of leadership. Giving money. Being in a state of leadership, of teaching, of doing any type of thing. If not, if he doesn't have skeletons in his closet. Because then he will always think he's better than the other person. And that's why David HaMelech was the primordial. He was the perfect king. He was the culmination of the whole entire world because David HaMelech suffered from day one. He suffered like Yaakov, but even much more. Because David was a child from Leah. Many years later, Leah 
Leah gets culminated in Yehuda. Leah represents the body. She represents the struggle of Yaakov. She represents the shame that Yaakov had. She represents the limit of Yaakov. Yud Eikov, the heel of Yaakov. Yisrael means Leroysh. It represents Avraham Avinu. It represents the soul. It represents Adam. But Yaakov represents the woman. Yaakov represents Sarah. Yaakov represents Yitzchak. Yaakov represents the body. Yaakov represents Chava. Yaakov represents the suffering, the literal, the detailed ability, the tremendous receiving. And many, many years later, Derech Koichav B'Yaakov, that's transformed 15 generations later from Abraham Avinu. It goes into David and then into Shloima, which is the tremendous detailed ability. The tremendous suffering that we have till him from David HaMelech because he suffered every moment in his life and every moment of suffering he connected with his God. He thanked God and blessed God and asked God. Never for a moment did he leave because every moment he quenched his thirst, his thirst and his yearning for God. And that was the tremendous revolution of David HaMelech, that David HaMelech is King Mashiach. And that is the peace that's made in Pashas Vayigash between Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef is the first king. He's the first idea. He is the compassion that's born out of the suffering. But it's the suffering alone that has to become compassion. It is the body alone that has to be transformed. It is the body that has to become selfless, that has to be sacrificed. But not sacrificed in the sense that it's burnt up. Sacrificed in the sense that it's surrendered, it's used. All of my selfishness, all my money, all my whole identity. All my wishes and yearning is to be able to give to another person with my separateness, with my individuality. And that was beginning, was culminated in David HaMelech because David HaMelech was hated by his generation. They thought he was a mamzer and he suffered internally because he had tremendous temptation. And David HaMelech was thrown out. Evan Moisra Boinim. The rock that the builders hated. Hoysel Rosh Pina was put as a cornerstone because God said, because I decided. Because ultimately speaking, I want the details. I want that feeling. I want that yearning. I want the tremendous gratification. And this is the tremendous difference between a poor man and a rich man. A poor man has the money. The rich man enjoys it. We say a poor man, I wish I could be the poor man wants to be like the rich man. But in fact, the rich man gets more from the poor man than the poor man gets from the rich man. And what is it that the rich man gets from the poor man? Explain the holy chassidic masters that the poor man knows how to enjoy simcha and tainuk, yearning and quenching and holding and wanting. This is by the poor man. And even the poor man will only get a hundred dollars and even sometimes he will starve. But his will and his yearning and his appreciation is quintessential, is qualitative. He always feels empty, but it's that emptiness that gives him the feeling. The feeling is by gvura, the awe, the reverence. That is by gvura, that is by not having. By not having, when you have, you can appreciate. And that's why Yaakov Avinu suffered for 22 years. And he had tremendous identification with his father, which is with the feeling ability, with the shame ability, with the always realize, am I really better than you? Look at my struggle. And then to judge people from that space, which means that I'm not better than you. Anything I have is meant for you. And that was Dovra Melech. 
that Hashem chose him because the way he dealt with the sheep. And Hashem saw that the same thing Abraham Avinu had 15 generations or 14 generations later. It was in Davra Melech. Because his heart was pure. Because he was humble. Because he was humble like Yehuda. He was humble like Leah. Because he never thought he was better than the other person. And that could only come from paucity. You understand? To give from with arrogance is chesed. But God wants the giving with humility. To not think I'm better than you. Which is compassion. So why do I have a judgmental ability? Why am I have a left side? To judge you. And see your emptiness. And to see I'm not better with you. I can connect with you. I can be empathized with you. I can eliminate boundaries between me and you. And this is a tremendous. Awesome idea to understand. That Yosef at Tzaddik. He was the first sense of compassion. From Rachel. Because Rachel was an act of compassion. But ultimately speaking, Shloim HaMelech, who's the child of David, he tells God in the dream, I want to leave Shloimea. I want an understanding heart. I want to listen carefully to people suffering. And Hashem says, I will give you all the wealth in the world. Finally, somebody who wants money and power only so he can know another person, he could suffer with another person. To know the difference between good and bad. To know who's arrogant for the sake of arrogance and who's really needs an extra good word to unite with the people. And at that moment, God gave him the gift of speech, of language. He was able to understand everyone's language. So when he looked at me, he spoke my English. And when he looked at you, he spoke your English. He didn't just understand the language of the animals. He understood the language of everyone because he asked God, I want to have an understanding heart. I want to be able to understand people. I want to be able to judge them. Mishpat, tzedakah, mishpat. I want to be able to give righteousness through judgment, through judging them and giving them how much they need. Failing them, eliminating their shame. And that's why he was the wealthiest king that ever lived until the Messianic era. Because he was the culmination, 15 generations of Abraham. Finally, one person through the body, through the, through the details, through the tremendous physical wealth, through the tremendous judgment ability. Shloim HaMelech asks God, I want to understand. I want to understand another person. I don't want to judge. What do I know about judging? What do I know about being king? What do I know about all this wealth? What do I know about it all? Do I want it? I desperately want it. Why? Because I want to understand another person. I want compassion. Do you understand? Hashem waits for the people to say, I want all these millions of dollars, but I want it so I can understand someone's suffering and eliminate the suffering on their terms. Not that it's about me, that I should be a big, wealthy philanthropist. That's also a wonderful level. But avoid the satsudaka to internalize, to eliminate all shame. And that was Shloim HaMelech. He was the ultimate king. Yosef was the beginning. Yosef was the guidance for the Jewish people. But then a compassion that's born from true shame, from Leah, from Yaakov, not only from Yisrael, from, you, from Shloim HaMelech, from Davra HaMelech, from the body, deeply from the body, from within, tremendous amount of wealth, tremendous amount of sensitivity. And to give from that space, that's the most magical thing in the world. And that is what he's demanding over here in this letter, that a person get in touch with compassion till they push themselves. And when you do that, says the Holy Balatanya, you usher in the Messianic era now in your own life. God reveals himself to you because that is the most gratifying thing from God. God takes the energy that from himself that was beyond hovering, that was not revealed in this world and he brings it into this world and he makes miracles for you. Why? Because you eliminated boundaries for other people. He'll eliminate your boundaries. 
your boundaries of intelligence, your boundaries of compassion, and it will allow you to give much more compassion than you thought. And that is the tremendous gift of avoidance the never-ending, everlasting, indescribable compassion that we get from God when we engage in this type of compassion. And to try to do this one time is to transform from the idea of an idea to actually make it real. And this nobody can do for you. Like the Lubavitcher ever said, I gave you the match, but it's finally up to a person on his own. He will make the bed he sleeps in. You will live the life that you made. But when it comes Shabbos, you want to look back and say, not how much money did I accumulate, but how much of that money that I accumulated with my own selfishness that I give away to another person. Not the food that we think, but the food that's coming for us, which is the radical transformation of this world, the new hybrid that we enter into, where there's unity between people because we eliminate boundaries, because we are so empathic, because we have all ushered in an empathy that God has given us miraculously. Because that is the hashkit v'veta chadoylam. The empathy that we get from God, that's the gift of engaging in this type of compassion.